get to both fighters. Well, like, what do you mean by that? Well, the, the because you know, even when even when we were coming up in in the UFC deal, I don't think it had as much media as they're doing right now. But man, they're doing so much media. They uh, went to where you're doing in interviews. You're, you you have constant uh, cameras. You you know you're obligated to this, obligated to that. Then on top of that, you have to train. Uh, what I saw with Woodley. Oh my god, yeah, let's let's talk about that. It really blew me up. But he kept single time, he kept backing into that fence. He backed into that fence. He, he did, he, I, I never saw him advance forward. You know, it, it was, it was, it was, it was weird. It was, it was weird to see, but I, but I also, I, I, I know what I saw. I saw... Media fatigue, and that's that's crazy to see. I saw it happen right in my in, in front of me, right there. And, it, and it's not just the media fatigue; it's just all the all the and, and see now you got the you got the UFC media that he has to deal with. You have the outside, both fighters have to deal with the outside um, media, and plus their own. You know, media that they have to do on their own with the Twitter accounts, their Instagram. So, man, I, I, I saw, I saw a lot of fatigue in those guys' face, man. Well, you know, like I, I talked to a lot of fighters. I saw Woodley give up. I talked to a lot of fighters about this, especially guys who are making their debut, coming from, you know, e- even Bellator. They kind of give you a taste, but when you get to the UFC, there's obligations when you get there, where they're like, you know, we're gonna have a. a uh, open workout. Then you got to do this interview, that interview. It could be a lot for a lot of these guys, but for but Team Woodman, yeah, especially for people who aren't used to that. Yeah, you know, I, you know, like like I said, being in radio and doing all the things that I was doing, I was doing already. It was it was pretty easy to me because because I, I was already kind of intertwined with that with in between that world anyway. Because I was doing media already, so I see it. But man, just just to just to witness it. You know, on television, and I, and I just couldn't believe that that I saw Woodley after just praising him 24 hours ago. How how I, I saw no no effort. It was there was no effort. You think he was like loaded? He was like waiting for that one shot. Like, what do you think I, his I mistake think so. was? No, because he kept backing up. He he kept backing up. You know, I, and I I've never seen that. You watched the fight again. Just kept backing up into the fence. Like he was, like he was looking for an out, you know. Like he was looking. I mean, I was around coaches. I was around coaches at the same time. It was like he, he was looking for an out. It was, you know. Sick. And with Anthony, that's I, what I was gonna I, say. It seemed I, like the I, same thing I with Anthony. Guy, um, I watched Jones just do what he wanted to do, and I saw Anthony not move out the way. And which is I, not I, like I Anthony. And he's not like that. He, he's not a guy that just waits. He's a guy that pushes forward, like you said. Yeah, so I, I didn't see the pushing of forward of the fighter at, at, at that point. I'm, and I'm like, push, push. You know, and, and again, I go back to the situation with, 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 the, with the, the Kimbo thing. And I, and, I, and, and I mentioned it yesterday. You know, I was moving. So how are you going to hit a moving target? And I think that's the concept. 
when it came down to Anthony Smith and, and his performance, he didn't look bad in the first round. But, you know, it's not like John Jones was doing anything special. It's not like, you know, it, it was just... the exact same things he, he, he would do. You know, kick to the body, forward kicking, cheating to keep people away from him. And, you know, he did the spinning, the spinning uh, 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 elbow. It, it, and then he did the jumping, the jumping uh, knee. And he just, it, it just a lot of things that he was already doing that it, that you should, it should have been a, it shouldn't have been a, a, a surprise to see. What did you think about that, uh, that illegal kick from John? Oh man, that, that just happens during battle, man. You know, you know, I don't think he did it on purpose. He was already in control of the fight. So, it, 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 I don't, for people who are, who are taking that serious, it's, it's yeah. not a big deal. It's just during, that's during the heat of, of, of battle. I don't think he, 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 he intentionally did it, but I, I just think I, I just think that uh, you know it just happens. What do you think was going on with Anthony though? There, because he even said it in the post-fight speech. But, 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 hey, I, I'm, again, I'm I'm proud and disappointed at the same time yeah. because I know what the guy can do, mm. and and what I saw was a was a was a, a submissive performance. I saw I saw someone taking shots but not giving him. You know, anytime you, you know, anytime some guy uh, punches at you, you're you're supposed to punch back. So if you were there, if Alexander, if if you were there in his corner, what would what, what kind of advice do you think you would be given um through that fight? Move and punch, move and kick. Now he was effective. He start, you know he started kicking. He started kicking John immediately, and that's what I would have did. I would have started kicking, you know, John has the, he doesn't have the biggest legs. His legs are skinny. So, you go after, you you go after this man's legs. You know, you more tired, you, you kick. And, you know, day one kick, if he kicks you, you kick him twice. He kicks you three times, you kick, you kick him six times. You know, that, that's just a return fire. And I, I just be, I just think my man returned fire like he was supposed to. And like I said, it's not like John was doing anything too crazy or like overwhelming him. It just felt like Anthony was kind of stuck in his head. And he already had it stuck in his head, like you know, okay, this is what this is what it is, or you just let this, this is the same or the same aura you talked about with other with the other other fighters do, just kind of look and they just kind of watch it and watch this guy work. That's what he did. He watched this guy work. And that's the thing, man. Like, after the fight, I was listening to what Anthony was saying about it. And it just okay. felt like he felt like he was out of his body. He was just like, it's not like John is, you know, all these other fighters are like, they, they put him on this pedestal. And he was like, this is a guy I could beat. And I, I could see that. I could see Anthony beating him. But it just felt like, you know, and he, sa well, he said again, himself. Yeah, he just got caught. He just got, got caught in that situation. And he got caught, caught in that aura. Or, like I said earlier. The mental exhaustion of it, you know, it, of you know, you traveling, doing all these obligations, doing all, doing your workouts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then you, on top of that, you have your family. So some people can handle that that situation, and some people can't. And so, and what I saw with both fighters, I saw media exhaustion. I saw, I, I saw lackluster effort. You know, and, and and it was just, man, it was just disappointing to watch. Man, it, it's got to be hard for somebody like Anthony as well to like go home and and know that he could have done better. But like, yeah. I mean, when he, watch, when he watches film, he he's gonna be really disappointed in the 
against them. I you know, and, 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 and it's like you, you can't you you can't dwell on your losses. Just learn from them. But it's hard it's hard to not dwell on it when you just you just look and and you can see that you left you let this guy hit you. You let this guy stay in front of you. You didn't move to the left. You didn't move to the right. And I don't know what he was doing when he sat on his ass. Well, that's you the know? thing. He, it wasn't like he he ate any like serious, uh, significant nah, shots. He, he, you know, he was blocking really good. And so if I'm blocking, I'm going in after the block. So, and it's man, it's just it was it was just, uh, it was it was just crazy to watch, man. It was it was surreal. I you mean, know, and it's almost like yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Well, what about the Ben, uh, ben Ashton fight? That situation up. I'm just happy to be here. Well, what did you think about that Ben Askren fight with Robbie Lawler? That was uh, pretty. Uh, you know, uh, he got he got caught. He got caught, in, 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 and I, I trained with a wrestling coach for forty years. This guy got caught with a regular joke. Lawler got caught with a regular joke. It didn't. It wasn't nothing. Nothing fancy. It wasn't nothing out of the ordinary. This guy got caught with a regular joke. So when people and, out there are saying. You know, oh, his arm was going limp. Can you kind of like explain that, like why his arm, his arm, his arm did go limp? But that could that be because he's trying to relax himself to kind of you know? Uh, not... No, no, that wasn't that wasn't a relax. It, 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 it sometimes you know two or two or three seconds in, it, he he was he could have been out. He could have been out. He's even remind. I have, must remind everybody. You you get you're getting pressed on that neck, so so you're losing pressure. You know, he could have passed out for a brief two seconds because his his arm did go limp. It it it, it wasn't you know based on the ground. His arm did go limp, brother. So for all these people that are kind of yelling at Herb Dean, do you think it could have went on for another couple of seconds, or do you agree with Herb Dean's call there? I, he, you know, Herb Dean is a good, good referee, man. You know, he's yeah. been in fights where you know I, I questioned questioned him as well, but in this instant, man, you know you don't you know he could. He could have cranked on that guy's neck if he wanted to, and he could have he could have broke his neck. If you know, if we're looking at the position he was in, it, man, it, I, it was a good call. He he, he was, you know it was a good call. He his his arm went limp and it was a wrap. This is what me and you were talking about yesterday. We were like, this is what life's all about is those kind of fights. I mean, the way that fight started with Robbie coming out and yeah. he, he welcomed Ben Askren into the UFC with uh, you know, it was quite a welcoming. You know, Ben Askren was bloodied from uh, his entire face was bloody, and then Robbie picked him up and slammed him on so his I head. Told you, I, I told you this is a different uh, set, set of circumstances for this young man, uh, and he's coming over here, and, and the level of competition is different. So you know, he just got he I, he, he personally to me got lucky. He just got lucky. Now, is he going to get lucky with the next guy? Who knows? But the, but this this fight on. Uh, you, you, you obviously see who was in control of the fight, and this and again, this guy is a phenomenal wrestler, but apparently his hands aren't that good because he, he was he, he he was bloody uh, a few seconds into that fight. I mean, it was a tough fight for you know him to come into the UFC taking on somebody like Robbie Lawler and Rob. Like, did you see Robbie's walkout? He looked like a killer. He didn't even blink. Like that. That's some scary <laughs> shit. He, he, he looked he, he looked good, man. But you know, again, it just happened it was, it, to me. Like we spoke about yesterday, uh, it's just one of those things where it it, it, it it happened, you know, during the heat of battle, and it went where it shouldn't. <laughs> so don't blink. This is what happens yeah. when it comes to MMA, and this is why people love. It. 
I got to ask you this because you were talking about it yesterday. Like, you know, Ben Askren coming to the UFC, obviously, you know, he's had a name for himself. He's fought over at one. But, yeah. you know, Kamaru Usman, just because it's his debut, do you think they could give him maybe a title shot next after nah, this, or is it nah, too soon? Nah, nah, no, no title shot for this guy coming straight over. That, nah, I'm a real big believer of that. Now nah, you, you have to earn your stripes, man. And, and, and Usman, he's fought in Omaha, Nebraska before. Uh, and, and from what I understand, he wrestled at uh, Carnegie, Nebraska. So, you know, watching him... Watching him go to work, man, that was, you know, he, he, he had a good game plan. He kept busy. He kept, you know, the, the, those are the kind kind of things that 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 frustrate a lot of people because he, it was constant pressure. Just like Jones, there were constant pressure. Constant pressure, man. And, and I, I watched, I watched uh, the Usman guy, you know, kind, kind of dance his way in because he, fighting is almost like dancing. And he got into his rhythm and he was, he, he was phenomenal. You know, he deserved deserved that title. The most impressive part of that fight was how he was able to recover after that that big takedown where he he was literally slammed on his head. And there was a second where he was eating a couple of shots, but he was still able to protect himself. That was that was super impressive. Yeah, it was. was uh, He had to me. It was a great fight for him. Now I got to ask you this: Did you see the Cody Nola fight versus uh, Pedro Munoz? Is that the uh, the one uh, where, where they were both swinging yeah. wild? The center, the bantamweights, they were swinging at the uh, very first round inside the center of the octagon, and so, and I watched I watched both guys swing wild, and it was the and and as a, as a coach of mine who was sitting right there said the first person to hit straight is is going to knock the other guy out, and guess what happened? First person because but they both were swinging kind of wild for fences, and the first guy to hit straight knocked the other guy out. That's what you got. Here's the thing that people don't understand. Like this, this, this goes either way with like the mentality. And maybe you can make it a little bit more clear for okay. me. But uh, you know, when you're in that situation, like you know, Cody Nolov, he's coming off two losses where he's been in there where he's trying to swing and knock his opponent out, which was T.J. Dillashaw, and unfortunately yeah. he was on the receiving end where you know it didn't work out well for him. In this case, do you think? You know, maybe he should have been a little bit smarter and backed off instead of, you know, biting down on the mouth guard. Or is it more like it's, it's a fight for ego in those moments? Like, you know, yeah, I think both fighters were trying to finish to finish the fight. You know, and again, this is the pressure of, uh, of the audience. This is the pressure of uh, the organization all wanting to see good fights. So sometime in your mind, these guys are or not thinking in that moment. They're just, you know, they're just trying to do, uh, do what they, they think that everyone else wants, and that's, that's the swinging for the fences and the fights. But um, it, it, personally, if you see that you're not knocking the guy out and you see that he that, that he's, he's, uh, he's gathered himself, I would I would have backed off a little bit. It would just been me personally until, until you got back into a better position. But what, what happens, you have to block too. Yeah, hundred percent. You have to block, so you know you have to you have to be in there uh, with the knowledge that hey, okay, we were swinging for the fence, but you have to block too. Here's what pisses me off: like a, a lot of the fans out there, like I stay up on my Twitter, I stay up on my social media to see what people are saying about it, see what the professionals are saying about it, see what the fighters are saying about it, and a lot of the fans. They'll throw they'll throw the gym under the bus. They'll be like, "Oh, he needs to leave that gym," which I think is absolute bullshit. Like, 
you know, yeah, when you're inside the octagon. Yeah, you don't leave a gym yeah. because of, of what happens in the octagon yeah. or what happens in the moment. It was just a moment. You know, just you know, it was just a moment. Just like with with Lola last night. It was just, does he need to leave his gym because yeah. he got caught in the moment? No, he doesn't. It just man, it just happens. So for all the fans out there, just calm down. No, you know, it, 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 it's it, it, at the end of the day, it's the individual boy getting in the ring, and and that that's what counts. Let you're me, the one in the octagon. Your, your your gym is not in the octagon. Let me ask you this though, like if you're Cody Nolov or you're Robbie Lawler, you're coming off a loss like that, because you know me and you were talking about it. This was a huge pay per view. There was a lot of eyes on this card. Do you feel yeah. that pressure of that last fight going into your next fight? I, I don't think so. I think I think because um, because Lawler he he knew he was winning. See, so that that's a different mindset. He knew he was winning up until that point. So you know you know what he, he, you you chalk it up to, to a, as a loss. And guess what? You do you do you know what you do next time, you know? Because I think he Lawler might have thought that he he was going to finish uh, the other guy, but it, so he might he should have just backed up backed off a little bit to make sure that he had him cornered, you know. So I I, th- he, he, I think those guys will be fine, you know. They just just regroup and keep it moving. That's the only that's the only thing we got. That's the only thing they have to do is just 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 take, take the loss and keep it moving. So, like, in moments like Cody Nolov, can you really hear your corner when you're in a situation like that where, you know, you're, you're, you you're kind of got tunnel vision, you're you're just throwing bows, you're throwing haymakers. Can you hear your corner, or is it just kind of like you're... Uh, I think, I don't know if you're if you necessarily hearing your corner, but but if, if, if some guy is swinging at you crazy, crazy either you're going to run, like you've seen a lot of these fighters do, and center yourself back in the ring, yeah. or he's going to be going to throw it. And, and, and at that moment, uh, he's, he decided he wanted to throw. So, hey, man, you know, you, you that's something you can't do anything about. If a guy's throwing, throwing at you, it, that, I don't think that's the, that, there's nothing a corner can do when you got uh, doing that doing that to you. Now, what do you what do you think about John Jones, man? Like, wh- what does he do next? The UFC really needed a superstar to come in for this ESPN era. Like, we we lost Ronda. Connor's kind of on the fence right now. John, you know, t- you know. Shout out to Anthony Smith, man. Going to the distance with John Jones is, you know, a, a, a pat on the back. You know? I'm happy to be here. Attitude, right? I, I, I didn't. I don't. I don't like that. So what do you what do you think about John? Like moving forward, how do you think he would do a, a, as a heavyweight? Or do you think John, he should stay? I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't. I don't know. The heavyweight division, man, it's a different. Yeah. It's a different monster because if you get hit, you get hit in in the heavyweight division. You're you're done. So no, I don't think no one's tested John's chin. You know, no one no one's got close enough to test his chin because again, no one's put that pressure. That's the only way you're gonna beat John. Is to put pressure on that man, and I think I think the, I think as a heavy heavyweights will put pressure on you. Can I ask you something really serious? This whole yeah. picogram thing. Can you can you give us like uh, your your man, your say on that whole situation? Say, there's nothing to say. I'm not a big fan of no drugs in your body to help you out. I don't care what it is. You know, I don't care if you're not taking it now. But you, you've you've taken it back then, to, and you t- you took it for a reason to give you an, an advantage. You know you got a lot of athletes right now who, who who work their asses off and don't have a peak of shit in their system. So you know I'm, I'm you know 
because you know he's he's been tested. They said they said he's going to have it in his system. But guess what? Common sense. You should have never took it in the first place. And know what? There's a lot of fighters out there. Have, like we wouldn't have this. We wouldn't have this conversation if if you wanted to took it in the first place. No matter who it is, I don't care if it's Jones. I don't care if whoever it is. Don't put something in your body. Well, because they punished, you know. <laughs> Hundreds of people, Frank Mir, they they they've punished, you know, a, a lot of people for the same exact thing. So yeah, but but they're not they're not they're not considered the best athlete like John. Everybody, hey, it's not fair. I I was always told through coaches, it's not fair if you you, you special treatment and it's not fair. So the world, the world, the world is not fair. All you can control is who you are as a, as a person and as a fighter. So you, you honestly think that they shouldn't allow him, even with the picogram in the system, because a lot of people are saying that, and, you know, the UFC hasn't allowed it for any other fighter. So no, you, it's man, not what does, that tell, what does that tell you? I'll leave it at that. What yeah. does that tell you? It says a lot. It says a real lot. There's a lot. So that now, let, let somebody else come up with, 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 uh, with a positive test and see how they get treated. Absolute shame. Did you catch some of the other fights, like some of these up and comers, like Zabit, uh, Johnny Walker? Holy shit! Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance because I I was all you know. You saw yesterday. I was already had prior obligations with with some Boy Scouts, but but I, um, you know, I always like watching watching the newcomers to to see who who's the who has who who has the next who's who's going to get on that next level. But I didn't get a chance to man this time, so uh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try hard to, to do so. I've been watching a lot more MMA lately because back then I, re- I really wasn't watching a lot of UFC fights. But you know, I, in, in these latter ages, I've, I've been watching more too much for myself. I, I really want to talk about Woodley really quick here. Uh, I, I know that you were talking about him at the beginning, but Usman with a dominating performance, dominated every second of that fight. How long do you see him holding that title for? Uh, I don't know. We don't. We don't know how. We, if he can, he can he maintain that type of intensity every fight? And now the dog. And I was told again, we were going to go through the coach scenario again. It's 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 hard to get there, but it's harder to keep it. Yeah. Yep. A lot of people will say that. It's Even getting the UFC. There, but it's harder to keep it. So you know, Woodley's. You know, how many how many shots did he did he defend? What seven? Quite a few times, quite a few times since the Robbie man, so, Waller fight. Man, it's, hard, it's hard to keep that belt, man. It's hard to keep that belt. So that, I think that's why John get praised a lot because he he's, he he's had a lot of fights to where he's kept his belt. So what do you think about you know Usman when he was walking out of the cage? You had Kobe Covington, who's who's really been kind of a character, right? Like the UFC, MMA, MMA fans, they they root for it. They don't like it, but they want it. You know, uh-huh. what, what do you think about Kobe Covington, Usman? Because that's now going to be the next fight. What do you think about Kobe Covington's character? You know, is he doing the right thing? Is he taking it too far? Hey, man, you know what? Again, people are their own individual, bro. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, can't, I can't comment on, on the way another person acts. You know, it, 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 however, whatever works for you. I'll just leave it at that. Whatever works for you. It sells, man. It sells. I, I interviewed Kobe about four years ago. And uh-huh. uh, he's like that. Like talking to him on the phone, even before an interview, he talks just like that. Like he's he's in that character, and it's got him far. Whatever works for you, whatever works for you. You know what I'm saying? Whatever works for you. That's why we're all individuals. Are you kind of surprised that Woodley had an issue with Usman? Because you know we, we we've seen because, man, he he 
I don't know. Usman was a couple inches taller. But, again, you're the champ. So that means, you, hey, if you're going to go out, you got to go out like the champ. And that's, you know, that's that's what I have to say about that. If you're the champ, go out like the champ, okay? Go out go out with your nose bloody, your, your scars, scrapes, scratches. People can at least say, hey, man, he lost the title, but he lost the title this way. Yeah. Sit. What do you what do you think about like a lot of these guys that come in as wrestlers? They find their you know they they start to fall in love with their striking. We've seen it with uh, Johnny Hendricks is a really yeah. good example where he came in as a wrestler. He started getting a couple knockouts and started falling in love with that, and it ended up being you know I don't want to say his downfall, but he kind of let go of the wrestling. Do you kind of feel like that's what's going on with Woodley here? Like maybe he shouldn't rely no, too much on. So. I don't think so, man. I think I think again. We already, I think we talked about this in the earlier conversation. Yeah. I think it's, a, it's, it's the exhaustion. I think it's the obligations. And I think, you know, it's, it's sometimes it just takes away from your 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 MMA. And and I just saw, I, I saw exhaustion, exhaustion on this man's face. That's what I saw. Before we hang up, I really want to ask you, like, what does this mean to, like, be able to sit here, you know, at, you know, all these years later, I mean, you made your debut at UFC 71. All these years later, and people are going crazy now for UFC. It's on ESPN, and you, you see a card like this. Hey, well, it's not necessarily them going crazy over UFC. They're going crazy over MMA. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so, so we have to read, but that's correct that. Again, they're going crazy over MMA. So because if there if there was a super fight somewhere else and, and they, were, they were promoting it, you would, people would watch it. So, but 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 the organization, the UFC organization, is doing a good job of promoting itself. Not the, not necessarily the fighters all the time. It's it's doing a good job of promoting itself. ESPN, you know, the internet, they're doing a good job of doing a, uh, of promoting themselves. So that's that, that's that's what you have today. Another, you, you have one organization who bought out all these other organizations. Just to, and they've they made themselves look like the place to be. Another big thing, obviously, PFL was just announced this week to be on ESPN, and they're really opening up doors for these guys like Lance Palmer. I went to uh, Madison Square Garden on New Year's Eve, and you know we've been watching Lance Palmer for years go in there and really not get his shot at you know a decent paycheck. It was nice to see him get a million dollar shot. What do you think about PFL and what they're doing over there, kind of switching things up? Well, I'm not, I can't comment on that, that because I don't know. I, can't, I don't know exactly the PFL deal. Yeah. So I can't comment on that, man. I can't. I, I can't touch that. Especially if I don't know. I don't ever comment on things I don't know about. Well, well, basically they're doing like a, a tournament style thing, like we're seeing with uh, Bellator doing the heavyweight. And if you make it to the heavyweight or you make it to the finale, you win a million dollars. At the end, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it, Bellator, PFL, all these other organizations are finally, you know, making steps forward. For a long time, it was the UFC that was number one. Now we're seeing other organizations finally get more attention, and that's an amazing thing they to have see. To be, uh, well, other organizations have to be creative because yeah. you know why? All the attention is on one big dog, mm. so they have to get creative in their presentation. And and if that's what you believe, if that's exactly what's what's going on with the other organizations, hey, they're they're, they're trying to change it up to to get get some bad attention. Did you pay attention to Bellator? Like, obviously, you watch a lot of fights. Did you watch the Bellator uh, heavyweight uh, yeah, tournament? I, I thought I thought a lot of the, 
again, fights are fights. MMA fights are MMA fights. You know, no matter what organization it is. Mm. And watching watching guys getting that octagon ring or whatever it is, it's just it's it's cool. And I, and I did watch. And it, 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 it and, and like I said, no matter what, MMA is MMA. You ever think you're gonna do like commentary? I would love to see you commentate for PFL, Bellator, one of these organizations. Because you're good at it, man. You're you're amazing at it. on your show. <laughs> I love it, man. So, are you officially retired? Are you kind of like on, on, on the outskirts? That, 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 that's a secret. I'll, I'll send you okay. a text. I'll send you a text when we're, when we're not officially on the on recording. Okay. Uh, that, that's a secret, brother. I'm, I'm going to send you a text after this. So, I, I got to ask you one last thing, man. Uh, obviously, like, you were sitting there last night. You you watched these fights. Did you at least smile? During the during the fights, did you at least feel alive during like we were talking about last night? Like that's what life's all about. And did, no, did no, you get that fulfillment? Again, I did, did smile. I did smile, I, but, but my smile turned to frown when I when, when I see a guy that I know that could have did yeah. better. Yeah, well, he could have did better. He, you know, he ended up ended up being a mediocre fight. Is it and, weird for you? And then, I, then one of my favorite fighters that I do like end up end up. Giving us a lackluster effort because he was too tired. Is it kind of weird for you watching fights now, like even going to a live event? Because you know, like, do you kind of feel that anxiety that the fighters are feeling going into a fight? Is it kind of different now for you? I feel, I feel anxious like I want to get in there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I feel. Yeah, I feel that. Houston, I want to thank you so much, man. I want to do more of these. I want to talk to you more. I really, like, this was out of the blue. You just kind of called and uh, I just pressed record to talk about this. So uh, I really appreciate it, man. It's it's oh, something man. else. It's getting that getting that information out there, man, and, and talking about the after aftermath is always a good thing. That's I think that's what that's what you get from the internet. People yeah. want to see the aftermath. People want to hear the they want to able to hear what other people are thinking. You know, especially especially when someone's been someone's been there. So people want to hear that. Well, you know, so, hey, thank you for the opportunity. Really quick, you know what's special about mixed martial arts is. You know, we really started on the internet. There, there, we weren't on ESPN. We weren't, you know, even before Spike TV. I mean, this was really underground. I remember having to go to Tommy K's to watch, you know, UFC, uh, you know, on DCR. One of my first interviews was a uh, uh, MMA junkie. So that, that was one of my first interviews. Jesus, I remember, uh, you know, obviously the MMA underground for to see how far they've come and for them to still be active. The community has really been based on the internet with mixed martial arts. So, uh, you know, it, it's really nice to catch up with you. It's nice to see what other people's reactions were. Right after we got done with our interview yesterday, we had 400 people that watched the interview live, which is, you know, it, it blew me away. And I uploaded it to iTunes if you guys want to check it out. This is going to be on iTunes as well. And uh, Houston, really quick before we let you go, man, where can people yeah. find you on social media? Man, you can find me at Houston Assassin on uh, both Instagram, Twitter, uh, and Houston Alexander on Facebook. Again, you know, all, all these different social media sites just look me up, man. But, but, but more, most likely at uh, thehoustonalexander.org with my foundation is where, where you, can, you can really hit me up at. Oh, I wanted to ask you this as well. You do a radio show, obviously. Can people yeah. listen to that radio show on the Internet or is it just locally? Well, there, you, you'll be able to get it on the Internet because uh, we're working on that. And, uh, but, you know, but our show is here local, local in Omaha, but we'll soon, we'll, we, all the information 
keep us posted on that because uh, a lot of people clearly are interested and a lot of people clearly look up to you, still have your poster on their wall. Man, uh, it, it means so much to get this phone call from you just, just randomly and to hear what you had to say because it makes a big difference between you know what fans are saying, what the media members are saying. I told you yesterday, I told you we were going to talk after the fights. I told you that. I'm a man of my word, brother. And I appreciate that. Houston, thank you so much, man. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I really hope to talk to you sooner than later. All right, no problem, man. Hey, take it easy. And everybody out there, take it easy. God bless. All right, bye. How about that, guys? Oh, my God. Guys, I was just sitting sitting on my couch. Just sit, just relaxing on my couch. Take, I went to the liquor store. I got a, what do you call these? You get a 10-pack. I don't really drink that much, but... uh. You know, it's a Sunday. We had a busy day yesterday. I was up till 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning. And shout out to uh, my staff that stayed up over in the UK till you know, almost 7 in the morning. Went to the liquor store. I drank about half of this. And Houston Alexander is calling me. It wasn't my friends from high school. It wasn't, you know, my little sister asking to borrow 20 bucks. Houston Alexander calls. You better pick up the phone. I was sitting there. You know, <laughs> sitting there eating my Chinese food. I went out for Chinese. Oh, I got to admit it. Breaking the diet. You know, the wonton soup, the chicken lo mein. Long day at work. Sitting in front of the computer. I'm turning. Listen, I'm turning into the classic <laughs> MMA media guy where I'm sitting in front of my computer eating Chinese food, eating cheat. Like, it's bad, guys. It's bad. So, uh, before I end this stream. Houston Alexander, call, when Houston Alexander calls you a legend like that, you pick up the phone. Let me crack open my fortune cookie and let's see what the fortune is here. How about this? Ready? Let's crack it together. SMS? What is that called? SMH? Something like that. There's a lot of people on YouTube that love listening. There's these girls. It's an entire category, it's an entire genre, an entire fad going on right now of these girls that just like whisper and make these weird noises into uh, their microphone. Here is our fortune. If you are afraid to shake the dice, you will never throw a six. How about that? How about that? Read that yourself. One more time. If you are... Afraid to shake the dice, you will never throw a six. That goes perfectly with uh, the sport that we're covering, the show that we're doing, me just simply answering the phone. How about that interview? I could have been upstairs, missed Houston Alexander's phone call. We would have never got this podcast down. 35-minute talk with the legendary Houston Alexander. And catch out our interview from yesterday if you want to hear what he's been up to. Uh, he even shares some untold stories and I won't I won't spoil it go check it out pureevilmma.com guys I'm Evil Eddie from Pure Evil MMA pureevilmma.com subscribe down below you can find the podcast on Spotify iTunes Podbean Stitcher Player FN Podomatic and also on YouTube and class, Classic here on Periscope now that I have a 90 day ban 90 day ban from YouTube. Absolutely ridiculous. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this. I, I literally, when he called, I ran to the computer, clicked record. I was like, Houston, hold on one second. He called me. I was like, what's up, champ? I said, hold on one second. I ran to the computer. I didn't even tell him 
what that I was going to record it. I, I, I figured that he would kind of know that, you know, you're calling a media member. You're calling here on Pure Evil. I'm a man. You're calling the studio phone. You know damn well I'm not going to let your words just kind of float out into the universe without capturing it in this little ball and sharing it with all the MMA fans out there because they want to hear, I want to hear and share with you guys what I'm hearing from Houston. Houston, you got rid of the problem. How about that? Oh my God, classic. Absolutely classic. Guys, subscribe down below. That was a blast. What a surprise. What a surprise. 400 people yesterday tuned in to our interview. And that was the first time me and Houston actually connected and, uh, man, I, I, I feel so blessed. 2019, man, I posted this on my YouTube, on my uh, on my Facebook page, and I very rarely go on Facebook. I feel like Facebook is more for family, your friends from high school, stuff like that. But this day, this day and age, you need to be on every social media account. You need to be on every platform between, you know, Snapchat, Instagram. Twitter's the biggest one. If you're just on Facebook and you don't have a Twitter, you're living up to a quarter of your potential. And it's a lot of work as a media member. But if you are serious about this and you want to become something, you need to do everything you can to grow yourself and literally grind every day. I grind from morning to night every day. When I wake up, I'm thinking, what am I doing today? Who's coming on the show? What, what can I do to bring content for people? 2019 has been my year, and I want to thank everybody. I mean, I've spent the last five years grinding, and uh, I, I've been blessed with a lot of the fighters that I talk to, even outside the show, that just text me just to talk. And when I'm watching these fights, and uh, it means the world. If, if you told me when I was six, seven years old, and I did my first interview live on a radio station at seven years old, with Stone Cold Steve Austin, a lot of my longtime listeners are probably tired of me saying that, but it's the truth, man. Like that opened my eyes up to a new interest, a newfound love, a newfound glory, I, I guess I should say. And uh, if you told me then, after that interview with Stone Cold, and mind you guys, for those of you guys that haven't heard this story, when Stone Cold was blowing up, right? When Stone Cold was blowing up, what's the one thing that casuals, Remember from Stone Cold's career. It's his beef with Vince McMahon. I did the interview the day after it just started. I forgot exactly what happened. I really wish I can get the interview back to play it for you guys and put it here in the library. But uh, when they first started that beef, I have family in radio. And it was actually Glenn Beck at the time. Glenn Beck, who you know went on to Fox and can say whatever he's kind of like the adam jones of fox i guess you can say but uh my uncle my, my godfather who was supposed to be my godfather Vinny penn uh would always get me on the radio and uh, i would talk to you know celebrities or sing songs and i, I would do all this stuff on on the local radio kc 101 and uh it, it changed my life man i ended up going to a broadcasting school i went to college for sociology and psychology and uh if you told me when I was six, seven years old, because I'll never forget, when, when I found out I was going to interview Stone Cold, he was my favorite fighter at the time. In my mind, he was a fighter, wrestler, actor, athlete. I stayed home from school, and I remember being up all night, writing in my notebook. I'm 29 years old now, 
still writing in my notebook for these fighters and uh, everything's really come full circle and uh, I'm really excited to see what my future has in store and I really want to thank all of you guys I want to thank all the fighters who are supporting pure evil on the main getting behind me and uh, realizing that I don't want to be a cookie cutter I do not want to be a cookie cutter inside the scene there are so many media members that do exactly what we've been seeing for the past 60 70 years inside journalism for sports might as well put that top hat on, you know, like, I want to be different. I want to be myself. I don't want to feel like I have walls around me. And I feel so, I can't even explain how it feels when uh, I'm getting emotional. I don't want to explain, I can't explain how it feels when I see supporters, listeners uh, reach out to me in DMs, fighters reach out to me in DMs and just, uh, Tell me, it's such a reassurance when I hear from people that they're enjoying my content. And I want to thank you guys so much for that. It saved my life. Uh, And before I end this podcast, I know there's a lot of people out there that want to hear my story of my past between losing my girlfriend, uh, overcoming opiate addiction, overcoming family. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus because they're great people now today. But, uh, Overcoming a lot of loved ones with a lot of issues and uh, very inspiring story. And I, I still battle day by day. But what keeps me going and what keeps me inspired and what keeps me feeling alive is being able to, to sit here and react to these fights. Interview these fighters. Do the fight campaign like we did last night. Just being able to watch these fights at the edge of our seats and feel alive. The Ben Askren fight versus Robbie Lawler. Don't tell me you don't, you, 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 you're going to sit there, watch that with a stone cold face and feel nothing. You're going to feel alive. And that's what it's all about. And that's what drives me. I wake up feeling inspired every day and to be sitting on my couch. I was going to do the recap show. I still probably am, but I think this is the recap show, right? To be sitting on my couch. And out of nowhere, a legendary fighter like Houston Alexander called me. To be grinding for four years and have somebody like James McSweeney from Ultimate Fighter Season 10 message me and go, you know, my wife brought up that I should start a podcast and the first person who popped in my mind to do it with was you. It means so much. It means so much. And I'll never forget when that light turned and I shared it on one of the last podcasts. Uh, when I first started episode one, you know, this, this all started as an idea, right? Everything starts as an idea and you can, you can take the step forward to start making that happen, right? I teamed up with this kid that was a diehard MMA fan for a very long time. And we sat down and recorded our show. I bought a new laptop, recorded our show. I had a room all set up. Not here, I was living somewhere else. And uh, we got to like the second or third episode and uh, we're like, all right, let's go to Bellator. So we all got tickets to go to Bellator. It was me and my ex-girlfriend, Angie Jabs, that you guys might remember if you're a long-time listener here on Pure Evil MMA. So it was me, Angie Jabs, and my co-host at the time, his name was Mateo. And a matter of fact, I talked to him yesterday for the first time in a long time. And I ran into him at Bellator with his little autograph notebook 
while I was doing uh, actual interviews with, <laughs> with with the Bellator fighters. But uh, the thing that changed my mind and really made me put my foot down and be like, no, 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 I'm not falling on a safety net. I'm not going to be another person that is just doing this as a hobby. I'm not going to be another person that just has a dream but doesn't think or, or that believes it's too far out of reach. I'm not going to be that guy. We went to Bellator, and I'll never forget, he showed up with, you know, four of his friends that were going to go with us. And me and Angie Jabs got there early to, uh, you know, kind of get a feel of things. We go there, we sit down in our seats, and they were high up, man. I mean, these were the shittiest seats that you could probably get, the cheapest seats that you can get. I was just happy to be there. And I remember sitting there and telling everyone, Next time that Bellator comes to Mohegan Sun, I'm going to be front row, on press row, covering this for a website. I'll never forget. My co-host at the time and his friends looked at me and laughed. And that made me feel some type of way. Me and Angie Jabs went outside to smoke a cigarette in between fights and I was pissed off. I was furious about that because my co-host who... You know, when you set something up with somebody, say for instance you're opening up a business and your business partner doesn't see your business blowing up, what's the point in being business with him, right? That was the moment where I was like, fuck this. Guess who was front row, on press row, working for a website, freelancing for a website, next time Bellator came to town? Your boy. And if we have any young listeners, I know we have a lot of young listeners, 15, 16 years old in high school right now. Believe in yourself, man. Be creative. Have fun. Be an artist. I'm so blessed to be where I am. And we're, we're only three months into 2019. I feel like this is the year. I really feel like this is the year. And uh, I want to thank all of the supporters out there for Pure Evil on May. I want to thank all the fighters. I want to thank James McSweeney. I want to thank everybody. All the all the managers that work with me setting up interviews. It's unreal. It's really unreal. And I you watch those movies and this is what goes on. This is what happens in the transition of normal life. You know, the people that fall on safety nets, that give up on their dreams, and the people who actually stick it out and struggle for a little bit out in the cold but they have faith and warmth in their belief that takes that cold away and that's where I'm at right now so uh, I want to thank everybody and uh, just for Houston to call in like that randomly it's not like we had anything set up he did say yesterday he was going to call me well I didn't think much of it for him to call me and uh, it, it, it means so much it means so much so uh, subscribe down below guys subscribe on itunes we got the show up i'm doing a show with james McSweeney from season 10 of the ultimate fighter first pick for team rashad second pick was brandon shop both guys trained together and uh another hit show there man I, I feel so blessed so thank you guys so much for tuning in subscribe down below follow us on youtube and you can find all these links at pureevilmma.com i'm you Letty from pure evil mma remember i mean shit i got this shit tattooed on my fist this ain't going nowhere right i guess i gotta stick this out white knuckles till the end remember without evil there's no purity behave yourselves